0: I'm Zibby Owens, and you're listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books. This episode has been sponsored by Bookhampton. As the premier independent bookstore in the Hamptons, Bookhampton has a highly curated selection of books for readers of all ages, unique one-of-a-kind gifts, and exciting author events. Browse their fabulous staff suggestions online at bookhampton.com. I'm here today with mindfulness expert Allie Katz. Allie is the best-selling author of the Hot Mess to Mindful Mom series. She has just released the third self-help book in the series, entitled One Minute to Zen, Go from Hot Mess to Mindful Mom in One Minute or Less. As a coach, author, media contributor to ABC News, Fox News, CBS, and others, and speaker, Allie helps parents with mindful parenting, self-care, and more. She currently lives with her husband and two sons. How are you? I'm good. How are
2: you? You'll laugh. I'm hiding in my car to do this interview. I'm <laughs> um, very cozy in here with tea, but there's work out at half house and my dogs are going crazy. I'm like, let's just go hide in the car. This is <laughs>
0: <could be> perfect. <laughs> You're not the first person I've interviewed who's been in their car just to make you feel better. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. I'm really happy to be interviewing you about one minute to zen. I go from hot mess to mindful mom in one minute or less because I could really use that as a mom of four. So <laughs> I... Oh, wow. How old are your kids? My kids range from almost four to eleven.
2: Oh my god, such fun ages! You're busy though, and I'm one of four. I grew up with three sisters. So oh, that's I great. Feel, yeah.
0: And you have yeah. two. You have two sons, right? I have two kids. Yeah. And how old are they? They are eleven and thirteen. Got it. So we all really need this advice.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I practice all the tools myself, so, awesome. <laughs> um, you know, I'm not excluded from needing them.
0: <laughs> so Allie, I feel like I am not a mindful enough mom. I'm like usually in a hurry and I pay attention, but, and I, you know, take moments to feel grateful, but I don't ever meditate or do any of the mindfulness techniques that I know are out there. And I've heard it all before, but really sell me on why I should meditate and what's in it for me.
2: Oh my goodness. Well, I know you don't want me to take up our entire time answering this one question, but (laughs) there's so much to share here. So I will say one thing. Meditation is about consistency. So if you meditate every once in a while, you're going to feel really good, you know, when you do it. But if you want long-term effects, of meditation, things physical things like helping to regulate your sleep patterns and your digestive patterns, helping lower your blood pressure, helping lower cholesterol, helping with PMS and menopause and so, so many things. I mean you basically can Google anything and meditation and a study will come up of how it helps. (laughs) Incredible. And then of course the stress relieving benefits, feeling more responsive and less reactive, feeling more compassionate towards yourself and others, feeling more confident, more connected to your intuition, more connected to the world around you. I mean, so, so many benefits, but it helps to really, really be consistent. That's where the benefits come from. So I say that you need two types of meditation, preventative and prescriptive. So preventative is like taking a daily vitamin You take a daily vitamin to keep you kind of on an even keel, feeling good every day. That's what a daily seated practice is for five minutes, 10 minutes, 20, whatever feels good to you. But I always start people off with really small amounts of time so that they can be consistent and feel like it seamlessly kind of fits in their life. So my students start with anywhere from five to eight minutes. Just get going. But then we also need prescriptive responses during the day. We really need both. So if you have taken your vitamin in the morning, but you get a headache later in the day, you're going to want a Tylenol. You're going to want something that's going to help you right now. That's what one-minute meditations do throughout the day is helping you come back to center in the midst of stress or overwhelm or you know any kind of anxiety or things like that. And that's why I wrote this book because people need these tools to use throughout their day too. Just having a daily seated practice doesn't mean your entire day goes smoothly. We still need tools to use in the moment when we're faced with stress or overwhelm and those types of feelings. So that's like as condensed as I can make it. (laughs) I
0: like it. I like it. So but your book with one minute meditations, like can that really accomplish all of those things that you just laid out there like in one minute?
2: So in one minute, you can do things for your body like settle down your nervous system. And it takes three nice long deep breaths to begin to settle down your nervous system. So in a one minute meditation, you're definitely getting that. So you can calm yourself. You can come back to center. You can respond to a situation that feels in a positive way for you instead of just reacting and screaming or yelling and feeling terrible afterwards. You know, you can take a minute to breathe to come back to center and move forward in a way that feels good. So am I going to tell you that you might, change your, well, you would change your blood pressure in the moment because you'd be calming down. I'm like, what, what do I want to use in this example? You know, something like regulating your sleep patterns. You may need the longer daily meditation that's been, you know, scientifically proven for that, but you are definitely going to help yourself in the moment to feel calmer, to feel more centered, to bring more balance into that moment and to move forward in a way that feels good. So you will feel less frustrated, less overwhelmed, less anxious, less stressed in that moment. So it does really help. It really, really does.
0: Okay. You're starting to convince me here. <laughs> okay,
2: yeah. <laughs> so
0: I have one minute now since we're, I'm on this podcast with you. Can we spend 60 seconds doing one of the one-minute meditations from your book, like right now?
2: Absolutely. Okay. I'm going to set a timer, so we're going to be totally legit here. Um, okay. So what I want you to do. Wait, which one is this from is your we'll, book
0: if I'm okay. reading along?
2: We're going to do the straw breath. towards the end. Okay. Okay. And what you're going to do is you're going to just take a nice inhale through your nose and then you're going to exhale like you're breathing out of a straw. So you're going to sort of purse your lips and exhale like you're breathing out through a straw. So nice deep inhale. Okay, I did And then exhaling like you're breathing out through a straw as slowly as you can, but round lips like the air has to move through that thin little straw until you've let all the air out. And then when you're finished, inhale again through your nose, nice and deep. And then exhale through that straw. And one more time. And exhale through that straw. And that's a minute. Wow. Does your body feel calmer? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's just one minute. So imagine feeling like the kids are screaming, you're running late, you know, you just are really overwhelmed. Imagine just taking one minute to do three straw breaths like that. Okay, and then you're calmer and you can move forward in a way that feels good. What do I need to do? Okay, let me do that. Instead of just being in a blind panic, you know, it can really, really help.
0: Okay, I'm going to try to catch myself needing one of those moments and have my husband video me doing these straw breaths yeah. in front of the kids and <laughs> see, how, see how this works. And the
2: thing is, is that when your kids see you do it, first of all, you're modeling for that because we want them to handle overwhelm and frustration and all the feelings that they feel in more productive ways too, right? So they, you know, will be watching you and you can say to them, you know what, I don't want to yell. I want to calm my body down so I can think about what I want to say to you. That changed the way I gave consequences. You know, my hot mess days, my kids would do something, and I would just scream out, like, no TV for three days, you know, which really mostly tortured <laughs> me. Okay. And had nothing to do with what they did. Either, I, right? I like,
0: literally did that this morning. I literally said to myself, okay. no TV
2: for a week if you don't do this. <laughs> I know. And so it's like, and then afterwards, you're like, oh my God, I can't even take a shower. Like, why do they say this? And now I'm stuck with it. So what I started doing is when I needed to give a consequence, saying, Mommy needs to think for a minute. I'm going to breathe and calm myself down so I'm not feeling so angry and I'm going to think about what I want to do moving forward. And then I would give a consequence because I was calm and I could think about it that actually made sense for what they did instead of just not watching TV, you know? So it helps a lot in those moments. It really does. And the more they see you do it, the more they start to do it on their own because they realize, I remember the first time my son was really upset about something and he, I didn't say anything. And he just started taking some nice, long, deep breaths. And the reason why is because he'd seen me do it like 500 times. He finally <laughs> caught on, you know? And this is crazy. We left a bas- a really heated basketball game last week. And my son was all riled up. He gets in the car. I don't say a word. He undoes his backpack, takes out an essential oil roller, starts rolling it on his wrist. He's 13 years old. And then takes a deep breath and is like a new person. Wow. I mean, they do pick up on these things. I didn't tell him to do it. I didn't even know he had that in his backpack. (laughs) You know, I mean, they do pay attention.
0: So how did you get into doing this?
2: How did I get into meditation?
0: How did you, I'm sorry, I wasn't very clear. How did you get into helping other people meditate and try to sort of take back their lives and be more mindful? How did you get into the writing of it? But first, how did you get into the teaching of it?
2: Okay. So about seven years ago, maybe a little more than seven years ago, I started meditating myself. And I, after about six weeks of meditating every day, I noticed that this kind of ball of anxiety that lives on my chest 24-7. I'm sure there's people listening that can relate to this feeling of just kind of a brick there. I was walking my dog and all of a sudden I stopped short and I was like, wait, that feeling is gone. Where did it go? I was like, this is amazing. I th- It just felt so freeing. And I said to myself, well, the only difference is that I've been meditating. So maybe it's doing something. I'll keep going. And then I started noticing more changes in my life. I started feeling more confident and more patient with my kids and more compassionate toward myself and less judgmental of other people. And then I used it to help me kind of, relearn how to fall asleep at night. And once that happened, I was like, meditation is the best thing that ever happened to me. I have to teach other people how to do it. I'm a total sharer. So whether I love a lip gloss or a book or meditation, I want to tell the whole world about it. So I did a year long program to get certified to be a meditation teacher, which also gave me a career and became my whole passion. And along with being a parent, I feel like is the reason that, you know, I was really put here to make these tools accessible and relatable. So I started teaching and then it was so on a whim. This is going to sound so crazy, but I had this burning sensation for two days over a weekend to write an article about meditation. And I had never done anything like that before, but I just, I mean, I know the universe now is kind of pushing me into it, but I, tucked my kids in on Sunday night. I sat down on my computer. In 20 minutes, I had written this article. I called it Everyday Spiritual and I just wrote a couple things I did every day that made me really feel amazing. And I didn't edit it. I didn't think about it. I don't know what made me send it into Mind, Body Green, but I did. And then the article did amazing. Two days later, I like wake up to this email, like, congratulations, your article's published. And I was like, wow, that was easy. <laughs> and then it did great. And I'm like, I think people want more of this. I think I'm going to write a book. And that is literally how I started writing my first book was <laughs> well, just, I think people want this. That's and so And it cool. turns out they really, really did. And now there's three books. That's a-
0: Amazing. You actually wrote in this book, at least that when the same week you signed the contract, I think it was referring to this book that you were diagnosed with inflammatory arthritis and you wrote for years, I have been incorporating one minute meditations into my day, but I needed them in a whole new way with this revelation. That's when it hit me. It turned out I was writing this book as much for me as for you. So was that for this third book or was that for the first book?
2: That was this, the third book. And you know, it was so scary because I was having all these symptoms and I was in a lot of pain and it just hit me. Like I have these tools to help me. And it was just such a reminder that, you know, I of course use them, but in these moments, Allie, you have something to help you, you know, you don't have to freak out. And I just started using one minute meditations all the time. Every time I got nervous about what was going to happen, or I was really not feeling well. And they helped me so much. And it was just an incredible reminder and an empowering reminder to me that I have these tools at my disposal. Everything I teach and share with others, I also do. As a teacher, you're never done. As a person, you're never done. It's not like I know about these concepts and I teach them so I don't have to worry about practicing them myself. I am practicing them all the time. And teaching them all the time but also as a mom as a person I'm practicing them all the time. So it was very empowering.
0: That's awesome. Did you find that the writing itself was in any way helpful? Like I always find writing about things that I'm coping with or struggling with to be personally really helpful. Did you find writing these books, the act of the writing as helpful as, you know, that combined with the meditation?
2: Absolutely. Because I love sharing and I find it a wonderful way to connect. Like when I get people that write me that have read my books and say how much they helped and like the parts that really resonated with them it is such an incredible way to connect but I will say the the first two books I wrote literally fell out of me really a smooth process this third book I hit writer's block in the middle that was nothing I'd ever experienced before and it ends up that it brought kind of a whole breakthrough around it. And then, of course, the book totally flowed after that. But this third one was a very different process for me. (laughs) It was much harder, actually.
0: Well, sometimes just working through the writer's block, I don't know, you get better stuff, maybe. (laughs)
2: Yeah, yeah. And I just gave myself a break. I just literally in the middle was like, I'm taking two months off. And then I kind of had a day that was like my oh, crap date on the calendar. Like, if you don't start back today, you're not going to finish. So I I had to get going. And then once I got going again, it was great. And this book, it's funny because to be honest, I didn't like want to necessarily write a third book. It's such a big endeavor. And my books are something that makes me the most proud in my whole life. I just can't even believe I did it. I love them so much. I'm so proud of them. But my soul like could not rest until I wrote this book. I wanted to be done after two But there was just something in me that was like, no, you have to write this. And I'm so glad I did because I know this book is going to help change lives because everybody has one minute. And the thing is, is that you can use these tools, but also you can experience how good it feels to use them. And then just maybe you want to see what two minutes feels like or three minutes. So it can also be a little gateway into the world of meditation that people feel really comfortable with because everybody is like, I can do anything for a minute as opposed to starting out with 10 minutes, you know, which feels more overwhelming.
0: That sounds great. So you, just to change topics for a second, you wrote a blog post about your commitment to taking weekends off on social media, hashtag weekends off. Yeah. So can you tell me more about this sort of digital detox and how it can help?
2: Oh my goodness. This has been life-changing for me because we all know that social media can be completely addicting and I am no exception to that. (laughs) It's how I connect with people and if I want anyone to... Find my books and read my books, you know, I have to be out there. But I was finding that on the weekends that I wanted to really be family time, I was like in moments with my kids thinking, would this be a good post? And I was like, what are you doing, Allie? Like, this is not how you want to be living your life. This is not, I wasn't feeling as present, as mindful as I could. And I was like, something needs to change. So I started with an hour off on the weekends, and then it turned into an afternoon, and then it turned into a day. And then I realized I loved the day so much, and I was feeling so relaxed, and I was like playing more with the kids. And if I had extra time taking my dogs on another walk, or maybe just reading and relaxing instead of scrolling on my phone. And I was like, this feels so good. I want the whole weekend. And so that's how I got to the weekends off. But I do actually have on my website a digital detox program. I call it Digital Detox for the Modern Mom. And it talks people through how to make very small incremental changes to just put your phone away for little bits of time so that it can really have a huge, huge impact on your life and you can feel a lot more present. So
0: here's my question. If you take pictures on your weekends that you think would be a good post, can you just post them on Monday when the detox
2: is over? Yes, absolutely. And I would like to be clear. It's not that I don't touch my phone during the weekend. I do text. I'll check email. But I don't go on social media. I don't post anything. So I don't want to make people think I'm not literally on my phone ever, but not social media.
0: What's your favorite social media you know, channel and what's your um, handle?
2: Instagram, Instagram for sure. And it's hot mess to mindful mom. Love it.
0: I like Instagram the best too, but.
2: I feel the most like positive and fun. And um, I don't know. I love, love Instagram.
0: So it's a it's a weakness of mine.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I, I do love it. <laughs> so,
0: what do you think about these meditation studios that are popping up everywhere? Have you heard about these? I know in the city and here yes, in New York City. Yeah, the
2: teaching one. Um, they're amazing, and they're getting more people to meditate. In my opinion, anything that gets more people to meditate is incredible. So, I think it's absolutely amazing that there's more places that are encouraging people to just spend a little bit of time, you know, quietly going within is wonderful, really wonderful. How do you think
0: meditating, like, let's say I spend an hour to go to a meditation studio or I do, you know, 60 of your one minute (laughs) meditations in a row or something. How is that different than like taking myself to some sort of a, you know, like a psychologist or therapist or something where I'm like actively tackling the issues versus sort of putting my body on hold like, what do, you, what do you think? Is it meeting the same needs or are those different needs? Or does meditation well, replace it or complement
2: it? I would definitely say complement. I'm not a therapist. So I don't, even though I know there are incredible benefits of therapy, I've done therapy before. I don't feel really comfortable kind of talking about the benefits of therapy. But I can talk about meditation with confidence. And the thing about meditation is there's a lot of movement in meditation, movement of the mind, obviously thoughts come into play and we learn how to change our relationship to those thoughts. Movement of the body is one way that stress can be released. And then also movement of emotion can happen. So our body is so smart as our subconscious is so smart. It knows what it wants to get rid of and what it's ready to release. And so things can be released in meditation that we don't even know what it is, you know, and it just sort of happens because your body and your subconscious are ready to do that. I've had meditations that have turned into me crying on the floor, not often. I don't want people to think that's normal and that's what's going to happen all the time in their meditation. But once in a blue moon, or definitely it was toward the beginning of my practice when I had a lot, a lot to release, but you can release things in meditation that are no longer serving you. And you don't even have to talk about them. <laughs> <So> it's really <laughs> amazing. Because <laughs> sometimes talking about it feels so daunting. Not that there aren't incredible benefits to that. But sometimes we're able to just release. Just release things. So that can really be amazing
0: too. And I also just want to make it clear for the listeners out there that in your book, you have 35 different meditations that are each a minute. So I actually wouldn't be able to do 60 unique ones, <laughs> but there are 30. 30- yeah, I would
2: No, and I was, I was kidding. I
0: was totally kidding. I was totally kidding.
2: I know, I know.
0: But, (laughs) uh, you know, just in case people are wondering, it's not just a book about meditation, but it's a hands-on, you know, you can open it up and pick just one page. You don't have to feel like you're reading even a whole book. Just one page can be really super helpful.
2: Absolutely. And even some of the other chapters, you know, about my mindful spending experiment and my intuition journal. And there's lots of other personal stories that I share in there. But everything's done in sort of bite-sized chapters that you can just read one in carpool line or before bed if you're, you know, tired and you just want, you know, a couple minutes. Perfect. So
0: if listeners take one or two pieces of advice away from this podcast, from you, what would you want them to be?
2: I'd say my biggest piece of advice is don't underestimate how much a small change or one minute can Create in your life. So, not thinking that you have to revamp your entire life to make a change, but implementing these tiny little things one minute meditation here or there at a traffic light, in line at the grocery store, in the shower, whenever you can fit it in will make an incredible impact on your life. You'll be surprised at how much better you feel from even a minute every once in a while.
0: And do you have any advice to someone out there who's tackling writing a book the way you did, even a book that? Might be flowing out of them the way yours did, at least for the first two.
2: You know what? There's no easy way. It's about sitting your butt at your computer in your chair. I felt like I could talk about it for the next 10 years, or I could just sit down and do it. So block the time off on your calendar, make a plan, and just sit down and do it. Make an outline, and just every time you sit down, you tackle one more piece of it. There really is no magic formula. It just takes effort. (laughs) But it's an incredibly rewarding process. And it's one of the best things I've ever done. But there is no magic formula. You just have to sit down.
0: And what is coming up next for you after this? It sounds like you don't necessarily want to write another book. I don't know, number four?
2: Um, Not for a long time. I feel actually after this third one, I do feel like really complete in terms of writing, but who knows what will happen. I want just I'm putting out to the universe to bring me lots of opportunities that happen during school hours. Lots of people that want to learn and do all the things that I do. I just want to be home with my kids for a little while, honestly. I love doing what I what I do. I'm never going to stop, but I've been doing a lot of travel to speak and a lot of workshops and things like that. And I just need I just need time with my kids at home right now. So that's sort of been my latest revelation. I
0: get it. I totally get that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Allie, thank you so much. And I am thank definitely you. gonna be trying more of these I throughout the day. So. I really am. And I'm gonna keep trying to keep in touch with you and let you know what happens.
2: We <laughs> do. I love, love hearing when people have success stories though. And if you have any questions, don't hesitate to reach out either. Awesome. All right. Well, thank
0: you so much. And thanks. Thank you. Thanks. Take care. Bye bye. This episode has been sponsored by Bookhampton, bookhampton bookhampton.com. Thanks to Ryan and Steve at Texture Sound for the audio editing and mixing. Thanks for listening to Moms Don't Have Time to Read Books.